the end zone, and it is caught. Adolf here. Chubb. Down inside. The silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Hallers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. And today we are joined by our buddy, Steve. You can find him on Twitter at Fantasy Ladder, and he's a contributor at Dynasty Pros and IDP Guys. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Really appreciate uh, having me on. We're happy to have you here. Skyler, how are you feeling? Not too bad. I'm ready to get into it today. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, before we talk players, as always, we like to have a little fun with our guest, a little would you rather for you, Steve. Okay. Here's your question. Each week, you and your opponent in every league, you either get your optimal lineups, both of you, or you both get random lineups. Now, they're legal lineups, but it's just random from your team. Which would you rather it be? You each both get optimal or you both get random? I would go both get optimal. I think that's just like a better measure of like the peak that that, that your team's like capacity is right. Um, but it's an interesting question though, because I because I like to do a lot of auction drafting. I like to do like more of like a depth based build rather than like stars and scrubs. So in that mm-hmm. case, w- w- with a random lineup, I kind of would like that <laughs> uh, yeah. side of it. Uh, at least in August, it's different now than how how everything has looked so far. But I'll go optimal. Yeah, just more optimistic that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an interesting question because it's almost a measure of like confidence in a way because it's like, how good of a drafter do you think you are? <laughs> like, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's jump into it. First player, Pat Fryermuth, the number four tight end in half PPR scoring since week six. He also has a 17% target share in that time frame and... On the whole season, he's second at the position in red zone targets with 14. Where is he at for you right now, Steve? Uh, I think for the rest of the season, I think he's a pretty clear tight end one play. Um, I kind of look at him as like a light in in the darkness of the tight end landscape. (laughs) Um, Just with, with the mix of injuries, but also just like roller coaster type of like output uh i'm still a little bit shook over like dan arnold's zero target game from like two weeks ago like what on earth but again <laughs> um like, like you said since uh, week six you know he's he's averaging uh six and a half targets a game and that is more than you could ask for at, at that position um and yeah uh, I would have him as a tight end play or a tight end one play uh, for, for, for the rest of the season, uh, especially with uh, Eric Ebron out. So you know, that that opportunity can just only go up, you know, and hopefully um, Pittsburgh can uh, figure it out because last week was ugly. <laughs> now, you know, like we said, you know, he's having a great, great season right now in this in this pocket. He keeps scoring. Are you still willing to try and acquire him right now? Or are you trying to wait for maybe a lull in production are you afraid that that lull never comes and like the window only gets you know smaller and smaller the price only goes up what do you think um i think i would still would, would try to um acquire him because his like long-term um outlook is still a little questionable just with the crossroads that pittsburgh is going to face here with ben roethlisberger um retire and we, we've been saying this for like the last three seasons but still um 
the one game where Roethlisberger didn't play, it was Mason Rudolph against the Lions. He did get nine targets in that game. So that's very good for for Fryermuth, an inexperienced quarterback could lean on, you know, a player like him, but definitely massive downgrade at quarterback, you know, and it depends, you know, who the Steelers could always get someone in free agency, whatever. But um, I would still try to acquire him because I think there is still um, I don't think his peak is here yet, but I think it still is is enough for me to try to latch onto it uh, for sure. Skyler, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Rest of the season, treat him as a as a tight end one. I actually have him in my top twelve as well for dynasty, just like long term. I will think of him up to like tight end nine. Uh, the problem with acquiring him right now, as almost every time we talk about somebody, is um, people are just so desperate for you know, as you said, that light at tight end position that like now that once you think they have it in Pat Fryermuth, I don't know what it would look like to acquire him uh, to where it's reasonable or really worth the price. But um, as far as you said, um, what we like long term, I mean, I don't think Juju's coming back. I don't think Eric Ebron's really coming back. And when you look at those are the two things coming into the league where we're like, you know, some of the targets might not be there because of the way they utilize Juju and Eric Ebron. With those guys out, and I don't see them coming back, I think this is kind of what we can look to expect from Frymuth going forward, just consistent targets. Um, I like that they like him in the red zone. He seems to be a go, go-to guy there. And what we liked about him coming into the league is we're like, uh, you might have to wait on the production. But he, we talked about how he was such a perfect fit for Pittsburgh. Like the way he plays, he can do a little bit of everything. So he can help with the blocking game. He can also be used in the red zone. So I think he's a perfect fit there in Pittsburgh. I see a lot of long-term value as, you know, a low-end tight end one who can give you that that consistent floor with uh, the touchdown upside. Yeah, I, I tend to believe that it's still an okay time to buy, even though he's playing well, just because I think his price probably only goes up. I, even with question mark at QB, like you were saying, Skylar, I think he's going to be a big part of that team. So I don't really see the the, the price going down. But I want to ask you guys real quick. You guys can just quickly give me your answers. Uh, Fryermuth or Gesicki? Fryermuth. What do you think, Steve? Uh, pretty close, but I, I would probably would go with like the shinier new toy <laughs> in prior moves. Um, but, but both are, are highly athletic, you know, products out of Penn state. Um, I, I tend to kind of look at age a little bit. So I do like the outlook of Kasiki being with uh, Tua, uh, ideally for like a longer period of time together. But I do think, um, Friar Muth has probably a higher ceiling moving forward but that, that's a tough call um i probably lean fire Ruth. yeah yeah it's right where i have the cutoff so it's why i was oh, so interesting quick. it's okay. why i was so quick to answer is because that was where <laughs> i was thinking i'm like uh yeah i still like you know how important and solidified like fant and goddard are in their offensive schemes I, and how they are but I then i look at about Gis- those guys next. but then i look at kasiki i'm like Gasicki still scares me because he can give you that Dan Arnold zero on a random week, or he can be hyper focused and get 15 targets. He's right. he's an exciting player, but also very scary. I tend to like more with that the trust I can put in Frymuth, and that's kind of where the cutoff. Like I, he's not as proven and quite as his versatility as maybe Goddard or Fant is, and where their price has been throughout the market cycles. Um, but I think he's as he's safer than Gasicki and still has you know that touchdown upside 
that you want with a guy like Kasiki. So that's right where I have the cutoff. Yeah, so Skylar, you have Fant and Goddard ahead. Uh, Steve, would you have the same? I would, yeah. Yeah, me as well. I actually have Gasicki one spot ahead of Friermuth. Uh I haven't touched it since this weekend for tight end. I don't know if I would change it or not yet, uh, but I do think it's very close between those two. Yeah, this week didn't change anything for Frymuth for me. It was just it was just more of the same. You know, I guess is what you like to see. But he was saved. Yeah, his his uh, fantasy day was saved by a later touchdown, just like he did a couple weeks ago. So. It's, it's one of those he doesn't get the touchdown. People might look at it a little different. It's more the volume that I like. The target share has been up. The volume's been up. And his targets are coming around the red zone. I mean, it sounds obvious because he's getting touchdowns. Yeah. But, again, it doesn't always translate that way. So I just like to see the targets in valuable spots as well. Yeah. Let's go on to our second player, someone who has been lighting up the Twitterverse. Big name there currently, Javante Williams been playing very well he's twitter's darling player but he is still spending time with melvin gordon the funny thing though is he seems to be like a consensus top eight dynasty rb maybe even higher i've seen you know i think even like on keep trade cut uh he's like top six now i think um i would say that's getting a little rich for my blood skylar what do you think I, th- I think it's leaning that way, right? But I still have him as... I have him at RB13, which I think is pretty high. It's just so hard for me to break him into that RB1 territory because and he's RB27 on the season, and Melvin Gordon's not going anywhere. Melvin Gordon's RB18 on the year right now. Um, Melvin Gordon's not playing poorly either. I mean, Javante looks good. He looks good when he gets the ball. But Melvin Gordon is doing his thing. He's, he's, he's performing well enough to still be out there. Melvin Gordon has a great nose for the end zone. Like you get that guy, the ball around there and he just, he has a knack for finding his way in, which gives him a role and a natural use. Um, the injury this weekend didn't seem to be too severe. Melvin came back. I expect Melvin in there next week. I think it's probably still a 50, 50 share. So barring an injury to Gordon, I don't know if Javante gets that full unleashing people want to see right now. And with still, you know, six weeks of the season and an entire offseason question marks to go, uh, I'm reluctant to put an RB6 price tag <laughs> on a guy like Javante Williams. That's usually my apprehension with some of these younger guys is there's still a long time before um, we see him where you're projecting him, and a lot can happen in that time. So I, I, I would like the, uh, the guys who are still have that upside for this season in my rankings, even though people like to look, you know, two years into the future. And there's no guarantee Melvin's absolutely gone in the offseason either. Denver's had this weird thing where they have two or three backs for a couple of seasons now. So uh, love Javante, love the talent, love the prospect. But again, pump the brakes a little bit. I think RB13 is a very healthy uh, spot to have him. Yeah, I'm right in line with you. And like you're saying, you know, Melvin Gordon, he's not dust like people want to make him out to be. He's still a good player. He's not as special as he used to be, but he's still a good player. He's still a quality NFL back. And, you know, we all like to assume that Javante takes over that job at some point. I'm not so sure it happens this season. And I'm not so sure that he's just going to be fully unleashed next year like we all want. Uh, Hopefully that's what happens, but we can't say that for sure. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I would probably view him more as like a 
mid to back end RB2 only because of the uh, amount of touches he's getting per game, which isn't bad. You know, he's averaging 13 touches a game with two and a half with two and a half receptions a game. So he's like a pretty like he's like a good like upside flex sort of a spot right now in year one. So I think that's really good. But like but like Skyler said, like Gordon still looks solid enough, but but their touches are literally right down the middle. So if this keeps going, I think it actually would be wise from a playing football perspective just to keep Javante fresh. You know, but he's is he still twenty one or is he twenty two years old right now? So he has like the age on so. his side. He's yeah. still twenty one. Okay. Yeah, he was so pretty yeah, young coming in. He's, he's a real young guy. Um, so, so that obviously is really appealing for um dynasty purposes but um yeah i think i would just would have him as an rb2 at this point like if i were to do a startup next uh off like i wouldn't think anyone's crazy you know for for a team taking him as as they're like rb1 on their team i just not sure if i'm ready to do that yet uh with with um purely the amount of touches he's gotten unless i mean that that whole thing could just be completely eliminated with Melvin Gordon moving on or getting hurt, obviously, then he's like an instant, you know, our, I think our RB6 would, 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 would be appropriate, you know, but at this point, it's a little bullish uh, for me. Now, let's say you're the Javante Williams manager and right. someone is willing to pay those kinds of prices for Javante. Let's, let's just say like top 10 RB price. Like, is that something you're willing to do, Steve, to get rid of him? Oh yeah, I mean, it it does depend on the team and, and the situation. Am I trying to win now and all this kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Mixed up, I really do like Javante um, a lot, so it just really would depend on the offer. Um, what about Joe Mixon for Javante Williams? If you're the Javante Williams manager, I think I would do that. Yeah, I think I think that would be like a a solid way to go, especially if I think I can contend in the next two years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Skyler, what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, right now I would rather have Joe Mixon. The guy's gonna be dropping thirty points. You know, he's got a touchdown like five games in a row. He's just seems Put some to be respect a center on that man's that name. No, it's it's <laughs> it's fun to see. It's the first year I've bought him in a league, uh, so I'm glad he's not uh, burning me for doing so. Um, you know, Javante's just, he's interesting in the trade market right now because uh, if you're a team that's not performing too well, he's one of those guys that we've been targeting all season as, ooh, give us Javante and a first for your Kamara, your Nick Chubb, your Dalvin Cook. I That's not happening anymore, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so you, you're, and it's really tough with injuries to all those guys mentioned or in, in McCaffrey. It's really tough because, ha, you know, what do you do with those guys now, right? If you're not winning a not winning team and you have one of those guys, you, you can't trade them for a guy with Javante or, you know, even move down some of the younger guys we like. Uh, I just don't see that happening. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like right now, like if I have a guy like Saquon, still on my team and i'm not a very good team maybe doubt uh sorry ezekiel elliott those are the type of names i might be trying to move to get javante you know javante and a first maybe settle for javante in some seconds if they'll go there uh but a guy like joe mixon i would still very comfortably have on my team before javante just because he's given the production he's given production in other seasons 
he's just a matter of health when it comes to a guy like Joe Mixon, and the backfield is all his. What about a guy who I know, at least, Skylar, you and I had very high coming into the year, but has not really lived up to those expectations, Antonio Gibson? Yeah, it's it's an interesting name for sure. Um, I still prefer uh, Antonio Gibson because uh, the backfield is – it is his backfield uh, first and foremost. But I do have – I have Gibson at 12. I've moved him quite down quite a bit and Javante at 13. So they are – kind of right there and both those guys are this name right after is Aaron Jones just given his age I'm starting to get nervous with what happens to his value if he doesn't come back one week after he gets an injury uh so if you're looking for a big name to capitalize a team going into the buy maybe Aaron Jones for Javante switch I'd be more comfortable doing right off the bat uh I'm still holding out for Gibson right I mean I think I think yeah. you have yeah I think you have a um a player who's new to his position on a team with inconsistent quarterback play, uh, a, a bad defense, uh, a lot of you know game scripts against them. I it's only his second year in the league. I think a lot went against Antonio Gibson this this year. I mean, not to make yeah. excuses, I was just projecting more consistency at the QB and a uh, a better defense. I thought it would set Gibson up more, but I'm still holding out on his size, his talent. Um, but it's they're they're close. They're closer than they were for me in the offseason, but I still, I still like Gibson yeah. uh, a bit more. Steve, what about you, Gibson or uh, Javante? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Gibson guy. Uh, just from just how productive he was on, on the relatively few touches he had this rookie season, it's like I just keep having this imagination of like what could be, you know. But but, but yeah. this year, just just for Washington on the, the on the defensive side of the ball, has been very disappointing. So I just thought, you know, that those touches would be there. So I think it'll I think it could happen. So I, I still would be willing to ride it out with with Gibson. So I, I would prefer him at this point. Yeah, I'm still I'm still riding the Gibby train. All right, let's move on to our last player of the day, Terrace Marshall. And he's had quite the fall from grace since, uh, you know, rookie drafts. He was going second round, mid-second round, possibly high second round. If you had someone who was really a Terrace Marshall guy. And he really hasn't produced it all so far in the NFL. And in fact, now he was a healthy scratch with the Panthers preferring to uh, have six-round pick Shai Smith on the active roster for this weekend instead of Terrace Marshall. Now he's also dealt with a little bit of an injury problem so far this year but as far as i know he was healthy this week was still benched how worried are we steve um pretty worried uh because i just was trying to think back like where did all this hype come from right and there was a ton of it in the preseason and it was warranted then because yeah i i went back and looked at this during the preseason this year he was the second uh, he had the second most receiving yards with 181 and one touchdown in, and it was a shortened uh, preseason. So in three games, he, he did all that. Um, so it's like, wow, this is awesome. He's just going to add this new, like unique dimension to this offense where you have like Anderson as the deep threat, DJ Moore, he's just everywhere. You know, he's awesome. Kind of like CMC, but like as a wide receiver, and then you have Christian McCaffrey, and then like Terrence Marshall would just be this like problem, you know, that, that like the defenses aren't going to be able to cover as well, except, except they worry about all these other people. And it just, I, I, it's, it's awful because I don't think he's really hurt. Um, 
maybe at one point he might have been banged up. But, uh, yeah, a, a healthy scratch is is really bad. I just would fear he just would become this, like, roster clogger type. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just, uh, just a really poor, like, return on, on investment at this point. You just kind of – I just feel like you have to, like, begrudgingly hold him at this point just to kind of see how it goes. Like, um, I've been – begrudgingly holding on to like Denzel Mims in, in a league for like way too long now, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I just don't want it to become that, you know? Uh, so I, I am very worried, but um, yeah, the whole Panthers offense is kind of blown up on itself since the very fun Sam Darnold month, you know, that, that, that kind of <laughs> occurred there. Uh, so, so that was pretty exciting to see. Then you think, Oh, well, Marshall just hasn't had like the opportunities yet, but uh, yeah, it might be um uh, a longer thing to uh, develop. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a little freaked out, uh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, Terrace Marshall was one of the only wide receivers in this class, at least at the top of the draft class, that had really good size to go with his athleticism. There weren't that many of those types of players at wide receiver position that were at the, near the top of the, you know, the, the class. So I think he got a lot of hype from that. But he seems to just be really unrefined as a wide receiver. And I think that's really come to bite him so far in the NFL. There was a lot of hope him. He was reconnecting with Joe Brady in Carolina. So I thought there was hope mm. for that. But, you know, it hasn't really worked so far. Skylar, what do you think? Um, I would agree that I am also have concerns. Um, but if you are going to push the other side of the argument, you know, the things you can say is, um, you know, just like we were saying weeks ago with Elijah Moore, this is a rookie wide receiver, right? So to write a player off is a bust in week 12 – okay, we would like to see some production by now. We are past halfway into the season, but really let's hold out, right? We have had, he's had very inconsistent quarterback play. He's, um, you know, he's been fighting against target share, uh, getting snaps, getting on the field uh, against, you know, guys like Robbie Anderson and, you know, other options on the team. He's had a a little bit of injury. So he has had some, you know, hasn't been an ideal uh, season from a team or placement standpoint yet. And, um, and coming into the league, he was a guy who he had the size, right? But he he wasn't the the craziest athlete, but he was above average. He you know he can play some in the slot, he can play some on the outside. He's a guy you can come in and manufacture touches in the red zone, who can get in. So he wasn't a guy who had a very defined skill set, more a well-rounded you know player. So if you were going to push the argument, you might say you know he hasn't found his spot to fit in and show you know. a a contribution that someone else can't offer right so you know with these young guys sometimes you know patience is true Uh, if i have him on my team i'm probably holding him just like you did mims and there's a very realistic chance which is why i'm personally scared that he he could never really develop the way we wanted and it was just a a swing and a miss of a draft pick where you took them around the mid to early second round Uh, but really that's what you have to do with him at this point because i you're not trading him and getting back a piece that could yeah. p- offer the same return. You're just waiting for him to kind of put some pieces together, see where he fits on the football field. And it is disappointing because I was hoping he'd find his way into some of these games. The, what he showed in the preseason, I'm like, yeah, they can manufacture some touches. He can get some rushes in the red zone. He can get those short dump offs where he can take it, it, it you know, in in it by himself. It was uh, it was an intriguing landing spot for him. Um, it just, it just hasn't quite worked out yet. But if you own him, I guess I would say be patient. If I don't own him, I'm not trying to go get him because the concerns, I'd rather take my uh, my money and go elsewhere. Yeah, it, you know, I'm, I am concerned. 
I think I'd be less concerned if it wasn't a healthy scratch. You know, if he was just struggling on the field, that's one thing. But for the team to say, nah, not today, you know, that that's what's really concerning. But like you said, you kind of just have to hold if you are a Terrace Marshall manager because you're no way you're getting your 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 value back on him. So you kind of just have to hope things turn around. But I am curious, you know, if you're not the manager of Terrace Marshall Jr. going out and getting him, what's a price you're willing to pay to do so? I mean, like Jacoby Myers or Terrace Marshall? Where are you at on that? Hmm. What do you think? I'll probably take Terrace Marshall, but just just for the small upside. I don't think Jacoby gets in. I mean, unless if you're talking to deeper league, it's like a 14-man league or PPR, and I, I might just rather have Jacoby because I can put him in my lineup every week and I'm not going to get nothing. But if it's if it's a league with maybe shorter uh, starting lineups or you know 10, 12 man, I would absolutely rather have uh, Terrace Marshall there just just for the chance he could be something more. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I think um, what I would be willing to give to the uh, Marshall uh, manager would be like a third round pick. You know, it depends if it's like earlier. Like, I I don't know if I could give anything greater than that. So does Jacoby Myers equal that? I think probably. You know, so I think that's probably fair. I just for for me it's easier to to give away a, a pick than like a player who who can produce like now for me. Uh, so it just depends on the on, on the situation. So like if I'm, you know, outside shot contender, I might want to just hold on to Myers, um, even though that's like a wide receiver carousel uh, <laughs> kind of thing in in New England. Uh, but 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 he finally scored. But uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but yeah, so. I'll, Right now, I would probably lean Myers, but I would be willing to give up more like draft capital rather than the like, actual physical player who's producing for me now. Yeah, the, the 301 or Terrace Marshall, what would you rather have? I would say Marshall. Yeah, so that's probably yeah, where it I sits. Would I wouldn't move a second right now. Right. Yeah. I'm not moving a second. Maybe Denzel Mims in a late the 311. I'll make that <laughs> move. We'll, we'll push one clog for another. We'll just recycle them. What what about another Twitter darling, Lavisca Chanel? Who would you rather have? Man, I, I think Chanel. I I just want to believe that he can be used well. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I don't know because like Etn will be back in the mix next year. Man, it's it, that 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 whole thing has just been so disappointing. How? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would be willing to stick it out for Chenault personally, but it would feel kind of gross, like hitting accept. Skyler, <laughs> <laughs> who are you taking between those two? Uh, well, I have Chenault at wide receiver like forty-seven and Marshall at like forty-eight. So, wow. <laughs> so, uh, Lavisca, but they're they're right there. Yeah, yeah. That's well, good. I think that's uh, going to wrap it up for our player talk today, Steve. Thank you very much for coming on and joining us. Before we get out of here, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I do uh, two weekly articles, one for Dynasty Pros, as you mentioned earlier, and then one for uh, IDP guys. For IDP guys, I put out a weekly uh, start sit um, article, just going through every matchup. I have like a little system of like, it's like a confidence spectrum of who I would feel more least and you know most and least confident starting um 
so so you can keep your eyes out for that uh, every week. And then for Dynasty Pros, I put out uh, what's called a, a rookie report article where I just uh, focus in on all of the good, the bad, and the ugly um, performances by by the rookies each week, um, in and out. I did not get one out last week, so so this week it'll be a double up over uh, weeks 12 and 13. So wait. Yeah, I think so. Uh, or, or eleven and twelve, I should say. So they're running uh, together. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all sludge right now. But uh, uh, yeah. So that's coming out every week. Those two from me. So really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you again for joining us. As for us, you can find Skylar on Twitter at DFF Buffalo. You can find me at Wyatt B underscore FF. You can find JWB at JWB underscore FF. If you're on YouTube right now, make sure to like and subscribe before you get out of here. You can find all of our content over at JWBFantasyFootball.com. And get get at us with uh, any trade questions you have, because I know a lot of trade deadlines for Dynasty are either coming up in a couple days or maybe the week after. So really uh, try to get in we'll we'll give our two cents if we can yeah send those trade questions we'll try to help you win your leagues we'll see you next time